you've seen the movie uh, Schindler's List. Great. It's a great movie. Phenomenal movie. It, but it's probably been a while since you've seen it. It's not like one of those movies you can watch over and, and over and over again, you know? It's not like Star Wars. Which you can watch like 20, 30, some of us here maybe 40 times. So I'm not saying, but I may have watched it eight times in one week. But it's okay. It's it a good day. Schindler's List, if you remember, it's about a guy named Oscar Schindler. And he is, if I remember correctly, a member of the Nazi party and finds out what they're doing to the Jews. And so he creates this plan. He, he gets this factory and he brings in as many Jews as he possibly can to work in this factory in order to save them. In fact, he brings in far too many workers than he actually needs in the factory, but he knows that his main job is not the factory, it's to save lives. And he does this throughout the war. And near the end of the war, the Allied forces are coming close to the factory because he's a member of the Nazi party. He, he has to make a run for it. And so while he and his, his wife are getting ready to drive away, the, the workers, all the Jews, they, they meet him and they present him with a gift. It's a very valuable gift. They've taken, they volunteered to give their gold fillings and they melt them down into a, a, a very thin, small gold ring. And on the ring they inscribe in Hebrew, he who saves a life saves the world. And they present the ring to Schindler. And he's overcome with the gift. And he cries out, I could have saved more. I could have saved more. I wasted so much money. I could have saved more. I didn't do enough. I didn't do enough. And thank God, thank God we do not live in such horrible and desperate times. Thank God. But in another way, that's part of the problem. Henry David Thoreau in his, his book Walden, he writes this, The mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. Now that's the truth. People are desperate. Desperate for meaning, desperate for purpose, desperate to do something that matters. And it's hard to find a purpose when everything is fine. It's fine. Kids are fine. Job's fine. The dog is fine. It's hard to find a purpose. You kind of do your thing day in and day out, and the bills, they, they get paid, and the, and the kids, they get taken care of, and even the dog gets walked, and everything is fine. And sometimes we kid ourselves with small purposes. Now, this year, we're going we're to fix up the house. That's, that's the purpose. This year, we're going we're to eat healthy and exercise some more. That's the purpose, right? And they're good purposes. Those are good goals. Those are great goals. They're not eternal goals. They're not goals that, that last. And sometimes we walk around wondering, what's my purpose? What am I here for? What am I doing? What am I doing that's going to last, outlast me? Why am I here? 
the great thing is that God was wondering the exact same thing. And so he gave you something. He gave you gifts. God gives you gifts so that you can play a role in his eternal and saving huge purposes. That he has a mission for you and he has gifted you for that mission. And you are incredibly and magnificently and awesomely gifted. Now all of you heard that, but few of you believe me. Because most of you in your heads right now are kind of like, yeah, my mom told me that. But she just told me that because that was my mom, right? She told me I was a snowflake. And that I'm a great kid. But that was my mom. She has to tell me that. And you're the pastor. And you have to tell us that. And thank you very much. But I don't really believe you. And you're right. I am the pastor. And I do have to tell you that. But it's true. You are incredibly and magnificently and awesomely gifted. And the reason a lot of you don't believe that is because you look at what you're not, what you can't do and how you're not gifted. You look at someone who's just super handy and can fix anything, you're like, man, I wish I could do that. You work at someone who's like super outgoing and, and just really personable, you're like, oh man, I, I get in front of a group of people, I don't even know what to say. Some of you are like, man, I, I wish I wasn't such a people pleaser because I get into a group of people and I want to talk to them all and make sure they all like me. I wish I could just say no. I wish I had that gift. And you look at the gifts you don't have, and you say, ah, I'm not really that gifted. I can't contribute that much. I wish I could, but I, it's just not me. I'm not gifted that way. That's a lie. You are incredibly, magnificently, and awesomely gifted. Oscar Schindler, you may be surprised to know that later on in life, he was pretty much a failure. He failed at business. He did not get a successful business going after World War II. He failed at, at life. His family life was kind of in shambles. <laughs> and yet, to this day, I believe, I could be wrong here, but I believe he's the only non-Jewish person buried on the Mount of Olives. Because an honor given to Jewish people. And Oscar Schindler is there because of what he did. And you could argue he had three gifts and only three. First, he knew right from wrong. Second, he was courageous. And third, he was creative. That's how he was gifted. And that's about it. That's about it. And he saved over a thousand people. You are gifted. God has gifted you in a variety of talents and abilities and skills and experiences. God can use you. In fact, God wants to use you. He goes on to say this in 1 Corinthians 12, Just as a body, the one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. We're all baptized by one spirit. So even so the body is made up of one part, is not made up of one part, but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. 
And the ear should say, because I am an eye, I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. The whole body would an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? The whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one, one body. Everything we need to be the body of Christ is here in this place. By the, through the grace of the Holy Spirit, through the grace of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, we lack absolutely nothing. And that's true for this church. It's true for our brothers and sisters in Christ in the Middle East who sit in a house church singing silently, quietly, so no one hears them. It's true of our brothers and sisters in Christ in China who are meeting in small house churches there. It's true of our brothers and sisters in Christ in Europe who meet in largely empty cathedrals. We lack nothing to do the mission that God has called this place to do and to be. We are magnificently gifted. And God calls you to use those gifts. And when those aren't being used, it's a shame. It's a shame. Imagine Imagine you've got a friend who has an incredible car. I mean, just a super, super nice car. And he keeps it in the garage, and he waxes that car every single day. And you're like, man, this car must be fun to drive. He goes, no, 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 I don't, I don't drive it. I don't drive it. It might, get, it might get dirty. I don't drive it. Like, it must be fun to take this car to, to car shows. And kind, of, and kind of show other people this car and let them go, oh, what a beautiful car. Oh, no, 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 I don't take it to car shows. No, that would be, um, they might touch it. They get fingerprints on it. That's, that's bad. That's bad. Like, so what do you do with the car? Well, I keep the car in my garage and I sit in it and I pretend to drive it. That's what I do. Like, oh, what a shame. What a waste. God invites you to use the gifts that he's given to you for his purposes and his kingdom. And every single one of you is gifted. At all times and in every way. When I was doing my internship in Denver, uh, one of my roles was to visit people who weren't able to come to church. And I would visit with this lady and she had Parkinson's and she lived in a nursing home. And her Parkinson's was so bad, she was restricted to her bed. And I remember she said to me, she said, I wish I had Alzheimer's. Because then I would be sick and not know it. She goes, Parkinson's is, is the worst. I, I know exactly what's happened to me. And I know how I'm going to pass away. And you looked at her body and you knew it was not going to be long. And she was very, she was very angry. She was very bitter. She was not uh, elderly. She was a fairly young person. And you looked at her and you're like, man, it's hard to blame you. She's got a lot to be upset about. You really do. And I said, you know, and she even said, what am I good for? What am I good for? I said, you know, we got this, this little kid at our church. She's really sick. Could you pray for her? She said, yeah, I can do that. So I went back a few weeks later and met with her and 
And she first thing she said, how is that girl doing? I'm like, you know what? She's doing a little bit better. We talked about her. So God gives you gifts. And, and when we use those gifts just for ourselves, we, we kind of sink inward. When we use those gifts for other people, we expand outward. When we use those gifts in his kingdom, those gifts, they expand and they last, my friends, forever. They last in eternity. And everyone is incredibly gifted. And you're gifted in a myriad of ways. And there's a debate among theologians about what constitutes a spiritual gift, right? right? Here's, here's my take on it. If God's gifted you to do something or given you a certain experience and you use that for his glory and in service in his mission, it's a spiritual gift. Some people debate with me on that. I don't care. You're gifted. And you can do incredible things. Some of you lead Girl Scout troops. And that's insane. I would never do that. I just wouldn't do it. That's crazy. Some of you work in the ER. I would kill people. I'd be like, oh, nuts. Were you wanted blood? Oh, I forgot. Oh, sorry. Right? It'd be bad. Some of you are detail-oriented, and you just kind of, you can get stuff done. I don't remember what I had for dinner last night. But you, can, you have details. You get stuff done. Some of you are smart. You're good thinkers. You're visionaries. Some of you are such good bosses that your employees come to work or come to church with you because they're inspired by your example. Some of you are like that. Some of you can just pray. Some of you like to fix things. God bless you. Some of you are just fun to be around. And when you come to church, church is better because you're fun to be around. Some of you have great smiles. And when you walk in the room and smile, people smile with you. And more people smile because you're here. You are incredibly gifted. And this church lacks nothing to be the body of Christ, to do the mission that God has given us to do and to be. And when you use those gifts for your family, it blesses your family. When you use those gifts for your, at work, it blesses your coworkers and your customers. And those are great things. When you use those gifts for the kingdom, it blesses the world. See, that ring said, he who saves a life saves the world. See, as followers of Jesus, we would disagree with that. We would say, not Jesus saves the world. I don't save the world. Jesus saves the world. He's already done it. I don't have to do that part. And we are saved by grace. You are saved by the grace of God right now. You don't have to do a single thing to receive God's gifts. You don't have to do a single thing. Isn't that awesome? You don't have to wonder, gosh, am I being good enough? Am I going to go to church enough? Am I, am I generous enough? You don't have to worry about any of that. God loves you. You are saved by his grace. You are loved. You are forgiven. You are his. You do not have to do anything to be saved. 
But what you do might save your next door neighbor who watches you. Because God does something absolutely insane. And if I were God, I'd never do this. But it's probably one reason why I'm not God. It's a good thing, because I'd forget everything. I would be good, right? See, Jesus dies on the cross for your sin and rises from the grave to give you life in his name now and always. He does all the work. And there's still so much to do. There's still so much to do. There's people who need to be told that the kingdom of heaven is near, as our gospel reading said. And then Jesus does something incredibly insane. He gives his gifts to his church and he says, use them well. I'm out of here. You think he'd say, all right, I'm going to manage each and every one of you. I'm going to manage. I'm going to send you out, you out, you out. And when you fail, I'll take over. But he doesn't. Instead, he says, you're the church. Go. Be the church. Use the gifts that God's given to you. See, oftentimes we pray, Lord Jesus, help. And he does. And so many times he uses you to do the helping. The, the, the person who's, who's just dying and just needs a presence. The, the next door neighbor who's going through a divorce and just needs a meal. The person at work who's just having a bad day and you just sit and listen and you just got an ear. You don't have answers, but you got an ear. And you're the body of Christ. And people who don't know Jesus come into contact with you. And they know that you follow Jesus. And that's how it works. That's how it works. Thoreau said, men lead lives of quiet desperation. May that never be said of us. May that never be said of this place. May it never be said of this church. May it never be said of God's church here and around the world. Why? We got Jesus. And we live in a world that's dying without him. Amen? Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, may it guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord for life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing our closing song here.